Joining me today on the road is Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant. Terry, thank you for the time. No problem. You know, Will, I'm always on the road, it seems like, doesn't it? Well, that's kind of just <laughs> part of your job description. It sure is. It sure is. You know, I hit, a, I hit a coyote about two weeks ago after I got a car, a new car. I had it for one week and uh, didn't even burn up the first uh, tank of gas. But, you know, back on the road today again in a rental. Anyway, um, wanted to have you on today <laughs> to discuss a uh, press release I got yesterday. Bryant co-sponsors bill to help combat fentanyl epidemic at Senate Bill 4221. This creates some new offenses and penalties in regard to fentanyl. Obviously, this is a major problem our communities are facing. Uh, tell us why it's important for you to sign on to this legislation. There are several reasons. One is Senator Sue Rezin has done considerable amount of research on what is happening on social media sites. So what we're finding is drugs such as Adderall and that kind of drug that cartels are cutting those drugs with fentanyl. So they're adding fentanyl to it, which allows them to sell it at a much lower price but they're being sold on social media sites. So it might be advertised, you know, on there. They, they change it periodically. So it's very hard to kind of track down who's doing it. So that is one place where we're looking at that people haven't given any attention to this. But as you know, fentanyl crisis is so bad that even using that example, dealers, you, you look at them and you say 20% of people who are using it, buying it like on these social media sites, die from using fentanyl. And the question was, well, why would you kill off 20% of your users? Isn't, you know, isn't that counterproductive? And the folks that were able, that were willing to talk from those cartels said, no, 20% is what we consider our cost of doing business. So it's that serious. And even though my friends on the other side of the aisle continue to say that locking people up doesn't deter crime, you can make data show anything you want data to show. That fits in with their narrative. But the fact is, in my 20 years experience in Department of Corrections, people who are locked up do not offend on the street while they're locked up, right? So we have to be able to lock up those who are uh, pushing this out onto the streets. Again, the Democrat members of the General Assembly don't want to have anything that's considered a penalty enhancement. And in this particular bill, there are charges that would either be a class one felony or actually move to a class X felony, which is the same as murder. And the Democrats held a press conference last week, said they won't even call this bill because they're not doing any penalty enhancements. When it was pointed out by Mark Maxwell, a reporter from uh, Capitol News, I think, said, well, this is a penalty enhancement, yes, but it's not for those who are users. It's for those who are marketing the drugs. They would they would not hear any part of it. So I, I might not agree with some of what they're doing with penalty enhancements, but I can wrap my mind around the idea that a user needs help. Seriously, someone who is marketing these drugs uh, on social media sites or who are lacing other drugs like marijuana and so forth on the streets with fentanyl to get a, you know, a harder a high out of it or low out of it. Why would you not want to go after them? They're killing people 20% of their own customers. So uh, I think we need to not just be talking about this, 
but the legislature needs to put their power behind their mouths and put a stop to fentanyl. Senate Bill 4221 would amend the manufacture and delivery offense within the Illinois Controlled Substances Act to create a new Class X felony, as Senator Bryant just mentioned, requiring 9 to 40 years in prison for unlawfully selling or dispensing any scheduled drug like Adderall or Vicodin that contains a detectable amount of fentanyl. I think this is needed. I think that the cartels themselves at the federal level need to almost be looked at as terrorist actors. Uh, I don't know that that'll ever happen, but, uh, you know, I see it in Murfreesboro. Every mayor in the state of Illinois understands the impact uh, that these drugs are having. So uh, this bill, regardless of its merit, uh, at this point, though, doesn't seem to have the interest of the um, ruling majority. Well, like all things we see in Springfield, if the general population rises up and says we want to an end to this the the democrat side the and the only reason that you know making it partisan is they have all the numbers they can do anything they want to do they just choose not to and in this case they're choosing to allow the citizens of illinois and really uh, at the congressional level they are allowing uh bad actors from uh, the mexican cartels and and the chinese who are creating the fentanyl to come into our communities and kill our people. And it has to be stopped. It has to be stopped at a federal level, and it has to be stopped at a state level. It has to be done uh, today. Senator Terry Bryant with us today. Quickly, I'd like to get your uh, comments on the Safety Act trailer bill. The governor signed that yesterday. Obviously, there were some improvements there. Do you think it was enough? No, I I don't think it was enough. And honestly, we're hearing the same things today that we heard um, months ago before the election where they said everyone who's saying that this isn't a good bill is basically just fear mongering. Well, the fact is that some of the changes that they made were because we were bringing to light the failures of the original bill, which was over uh, 700 pages. The amendment is over 300 pages long. If people like me were just fear-mongering, then why do you have to have an amendment that's 300 pages long? And then in addition to that, some of the language they said they were tightening up, like the things that I'm very familiar with, electronic monitoring. So when they put the ankle bracelet on someone, they, they and as, uh, under the old bill, they were allowed to have what amounted to 48 hours of free movement. So they could go out, uh, put in job applications, uh, visit the neighborhood cases or go and kill the witness, you know, in their case. And for 48 hours, you wouldn't even be looking for them. Right. So they say they've tightened that language up just a little bit. I don't agree with them that it's been tightened up. What I do see is whatever tightening they claim to have done, it's now 72 hours instead of 48. So they expanded that ability. And the only way that you can actually punish that person for being a uh, you know AOL uh, uh, AWOL for 72 hours is if the state's attorney can prove that their intention was to escape well my experience with the individuals who are on electronic monitoring when they're going to get in trouble in this kind of a case I could give you a scenario where someone just falls down on the ground and says oh my god I was drunk I didn't know where I was I know I'm four states over but I didn't mean to escape I wasn't trying to do that And so what could you do to them? It wasn't their intention to escape. 
And being able to prove what was in somebody else's mind legally is nearly impossible. So whatever language they tightened up, which I can't seem to see, I do know that they've expanded it now to make it 72 hours instead of 48 hours. So don't be deceived. It's like a shell game. You know, oh, look over here. This isn't as bad over here. But then they made it worse over here. So um, I did not vote for it. I uh, do not believe there was even one Republican that voted for the bill. So the folks that ran it, the folks that uh, continue to do this ridiculous behavior, they own it. So when the stuff that we're talking about starts happening, like individuals out running around for 72 hours when they're on an ankle bracelet, um, you can go straight to the Democrat side of the aisle and blame it on them. I can drive from WXAN Radio to Anchorage, Alaska in 64 hours. You know, it just gives you an idea of what... Well, if you weren't intending to escape, there won't be anything happening to you. I just wanted to buy my soda at the Casey's in Anchorage, I suppose. Exactly. Right. Exactly. No harm, no foul. Right. Now, you could also go in the, you know, in the, in the conversations about this. I actually had someone in, uh, we had some testimony back before the original Safety Act in, in Chicago, uh, where I said to them, in 48 hours, you could go to the home of the person where there is um, an order of protection, kill that person, and leave and be back home again, and no one's going to know that you've left. And they said, well, they're on GPS, so we'll be able to track down the fact that they were there. Yeah, you will, but the person's dead. Cold comfort uh, to the family of the deceased. Exactly. So you want some examples of this bill? There's a couple for you. And so the fact is they allowed some state's attorneys to be at the table. There were no state's attorneys allowed at the table if they filed the lawsuit against the bill. The only sitting state's attorney that was allowed to sit there from like the suburbs was Bob Berlin from DuPage County. And he was told that he would not allowed to be in the, not allowed to be in the negotiations if he joined the lawsuit. So yes, the state's attorney's association was included, but every one of the members who were allowed, to, who, who weighed in were those who did not file in the case against the Safety Act. So it was those who basically had no problem with the original bill making changes to the original bill. Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant, generous with her time today. I know that you've got to get back on the road and on to your destination, but thank you for visiting with us for a few moments. My pleasure, Will, anytime.